I want to start this episode by telling you about the day that I almost got shot. This was before I started seriously following the Lord. And before I met Lokalani, it was at a party. And I was a big partier in college. And it was my first year of college. And um, this was when I had the iPhone 4. So this iPhone 4 was when they still had the 8-pin giant charger before they went to the small lightning charger, which is what they have now. Um, I had that phone and there was this thing called iHome. And I don't even know if it was even made by Apple, maybe a third party company, but it was like a DJ system thing, speaker that you can dock your phone on and it would play music. And so uh, the girl's house who we were partying at, they had one of those. And I was like always the guy that signed up to make a playlist. And so I did put it on the thing. Everything was going fine. Everything was going good. And the iPhone had just, that iPhone 4 came out that summer. So it was fairly new phone. Um, so not a lot of people had it. And the guy that stole it, I guess, didn't have it because he wanted it. And so while I was outside talking to the birthday girl, he took it. And everyone knew he took it. Um, but no one was willing to help me. And he was a gang member. And so he was probably strapped up. Um, but I had it in mind that the next morning I would confront him and, and, you know, get my phone back. And by some people that I love, they stopped me and, uh, didn't let me do that. But I remember just reaching out to friends the next morning after everyone had sobered up and, you know, asking for help. Like, Hey, did you see what happened? Did you see, you know, do you know where he is? Like, and nobody wanted to help me. Right. I had no one in my corner except my dad telling me, Hey, I know this kid, you need to stay away from him. Um, but no one was in my corner and that's exactly what I needed. That's what mercy is. Mercy is someone being in your corner and God promises to be in our corner if we are merciful. So Loke, why don't you give us the welcome and read the verse for us? Sure. Hello and welcome to Amen Podcast, where we preach the good news of Jesus Christ and how it applies to everyday life. I'm Lokivani, your host, and today Alex is preaching about mercy. We're looking at Matthew chapter 5, verse 7, the ESV version today. I'll start by reading. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Amen. So, What this is saying is, if you are merciful, you'll be happy. Why? Because you will be shown mercy. Mm -hmm. By who? By God and by others. There's a problem, though. We are not merciful. We are merciless. To be merciless is to be cruel. And we're not just, you know, cruel, like, oh, that was a cruel joke. We are cruel like Cain. Say that with me. Cruel like like Cain. Cain. That is our problem. You might be thinking, oh, Alex, I'm not cruel. I consider myself a merciful person. Let's let's look at the story of Cain. And through this story, we're going to see how much we are actually like Cain and not like Christ. So we know what we want, though, right? We want someone in our corner. We want someone to be on our side. We want that person primarily to be God. Mm-hmm. We want to be shown mercy. Mm-hmm. Mercy is simply not getting what you deserve. You do something wrong. Mercy is someone not paying you back for what you did wrong. We would love for God to do that for us all the time. 
And we want other people to have mercy for us. But we also want to be a merciful person. We want to be a person who people come to and they feel confident and strong and they can tell us anything and they can be themselves around us. That kind of merciful person is the kind of person you want to be around. I want to be like that. But let's look at our problem in Genesis 4, uh, between verses 1 and 16, but we might not read all of them, but let's just walk through it. And Adam and Eve knew his wife, and Adam knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I've gotten a man with the help of the Lord. What's going on here? The firstborn child of Adam and Eve was Cain. Why is that significant? Because Cain is a murderer. When man is filled with sin, his life is filled with sin, and they together give birth to murder. Adam's name means man. Eve's name means life. Notice that when Adam sinned, sin came into the world. Eve ate from the tree first, but sin had not entered the world yet because man was the one that God left responsible. Don't you see, you know, why the transgender stuff is all mixed up? Because trust me, women out there who want to be a man, you don't want to be a man. There are standards of leadership that God has placed on the man. Mm -hmm. Sin entered the world when Adam ate because Mm -hmm. Eve was brought out of Adam. Mm -hmm. So it came down to him. In Adam, all die. In Adam, all sin. So when man, Adam, and Eve, our life, have sin in it, murder comes. And that's what's coming next. It doesn't take long. It doesn't even take, you know, more than two generations for murder to start happening with the first three humans on earth, or first four humans on earth. That's how deep our problem of sin is. Mm. In verse two, it says, and again, she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep and Cain, a worker of the ground. So Abel's a shepherd. Cain is a, like a vegetable guy, like a farmer. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering from the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but not for Cain and his offering. He had no regard. So Cain was angry and his face fell. I want you to see something. Cain doesn't give from a place that hurts. Hmm. He wasn't grateful to God. He wasn't appreciative of God and his power and God's graciousness and his mercy. Merciful. He should have wiped out Adam and Eve. Cain shouldn't have been able to ever be born. He's a third human to ever live. What a great honor. Cain didn't see it that way. He saw it as, I need to get what's coming to me. God was not pleased with his offering because Cain gave out of pride. He gave God his trash. He didn't give God anything of importance. Abel gave from a place that hurt. Now, look at the Sermon on the Mount. We're, we're in a series right now. Verse uh, three, four, and five, right? Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. That is who we are as Christians. Mm-hmm. Verse six is what we are. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. The rest of the verses in this series are going to be what we do as Christian. Mm-hmm. So who we are, we as Christians, we are to be people who are poor in spirit. What does that mean? Go back and listen to episode happiness. Poor in spirit, simple, simply put, it just means to know you need God, to realize your need for God. The next thing, though, is those who mourn. What does it mean to mourn? It means to 
be grieved over your sin. And lastly, meek. It means to let God be in control and don't try to always take control. Don't try to take matters into your own hand. That is who you are as a Christian, who we're supposed to be at least. Poor in spirit, know you need God, grieved over your sin and giving up control to God. If you are those things, then what you are is a person who's hungry. You're a hungry person. That's what you are. And if you are that hungry person, you will, number one, the number one thing that you will do is you'll be merciful. Mm. Let's look at how Cain is none of those first three, first three things of what we should be. He's not poor in spirit. He's not mourning over his sin. And he's not meek. So first we see Cain's not poor in spirit. He doesn't think he needs God. That's why he's giving God just some vegetables, mm. some plants out of the ground. He picked them up. Maybe he didn't even wash them and just put it on the altar for God. While Abel is giving something that hurt one of his sheep. He's a shepherd. Shepherd and sheep had a close relationship. The Bible talks about Jesus as the good shepherd. And what does he do? He lays down his life for the sheep because he's a good shepherd. He's not like any other shepherds. He loves them. He leaves the 99 to go get the one. That's the kind of shepherd I believe Abel was. But Cain, not poor in spirit. And then look at what it says next. Verse 5, it says, But for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was angry. He's angry. He's not mourning over his sin. He's not mourning over the fact that God is not accepting his offering. He is angry. Mm. Not mourning. Look at verse six. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? If you do not do well, sin is crouching at your door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. Lastly, he's not meek. He's about to take matters into his own hands. That's not what meekness is. Remember, meekness is power under control. Cain spoke to his to Abel, his brother. And when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother and killed him. And the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? He said, I don't, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? Look at how snarky he's being. He's not meek. He's taking matters into his own hand. Don't you see? You can never be a person that's merciful if you're not realizing your need for God, if you're not mourning over your sin, if you're not uh, giving up control to God Mm -hmm. and being meek, Mm -hmm. not always trying to take matters into your hands. You can't be those things. Yeah. You'll never hunger and thirst. If If you aren't those three things, poor in spirit, mourning, meek, you are hungering for wickedness. So that you you will never be merciful. You will, in fact, be cruel. But if you are those three things, you will hunger and thirst for what is right. You'll never answer like Cain, am I my brother's keeper? I don't know where he is. Straight up lying to God. There's not many humans on earth. There's less than five humans on earth at this time, guys. Who else would have killed Abel? Who else would have God who else would God have been paying attention to to miss the fact that Cain killed his brother? The Lord sees all, he knows all. God says, the his blood is crying out to me from the ground. So we at times are more like Cain than we are like Christ. 
We don't always realize our need for God. We certainly don't uh, mourn over our sin. We try to ignore our sin, not mourn. Let's not even think about what I did. Mm. And certainly we love to take matters into our own hands. This is me. That's the one I struggle with the most. I want to get things done my way, not God's way. I don't want to wait. I'm so impatient. I'm more like Cain than Christ. And so what is the solution? The solution is we must experience mercy to be merciful. You know, a big problem with why we're so merciless is mercy wasn't shown to us as children. You know, we've had uh, people in our life, parents in our life who are uh, merciless in the way that they treat us, snapping at us, angry with us, getting divorces, um, just rude, being rude, being snappy. All of our parents have been merciless towards us at some time, at some point. And so what happens? We get a sibling. And at first it's like, oh, fun, a baby. And after a while, you start to dislike your sibling. Or maybe you're the baby. And just having a brother or sister, there's no one on earth that can make you more upset than a sibling. And there's times where you fight with your sibling. And if you grew up in the church, you remember your your mom or your teacher or someone telling you about this story of Cain and Abel. And you remember not wanting to be like Cain, but you still remember just having a deep anger towards your sibling at time, mm. at times. But you also remember times where someone was nice to you. You can think of a face of a person who treated you with mercy. And when, when you just even simply think of that person, what does it make you want to do? It makes you want to be merciful. Because the way mercy works is you have to first experience it to do it. Mm-hmm. Mercy is what a Christian does. Jesus is about to show us the four things that a Christian does on the regular. And the first one, Matthew 5, 7, is merciful. So go over with me to Luke chapter 23, verse 42, because we're going to see a person who was absolutely not merciful, someone that was more like Cain than like Christ. But as he experienced Christ's mercy, he himself became a person of mercy and a person who experienced mercy. Luke chapter 23, verse 42. This is the story of Jesus's death on the cross and who he died next to which was the thief on the cross. Now the thief on the cross says something super interesting that we can learn a lot from. Now in verse 42, it says, and he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. What does this mean? The the thief on the cross was a criminal. Mm -hmm. He knew crime. He knew criminals. He looked at Jesus and said, this guy is not a criminal. He knows as a criminal, if the old people, the old folks, they used to say, if you'll lie, you'll steal. So what do criminals do when they get on the stand for something that they've done? They lie. No, I didn't do it. No, of course not. No, 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 no. We've been watching a lot of these cop videos. As soon as they get pulled over, the first thing they do is lie, bold face lie. Jesus is not on the cross lying. He's not on the cross saying much of anything. Mm. Everything he's saying on the cross is a prayer. Mm-hmm. He's praying for others, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. For the wow. thief on the cross as a criminal to see that, he was like, this guy 
absolutely did nothing wrong because I have heard stories about him, but I also know criminals. I don't know one of my friends that would have said something like that on the cross. Mm -hmm. All my friends would be up here on the cross saying, I didn't do it. You got the wrong guy. It wasn't me. Come on. I didn't know. Come on. I was just, I was in a bind. I really had to get something done. He was like, this is mercy. For Christ to be saying these things, praying for the people murdering him, silently taking the punishment. This man experienced mercy. And the first three words out of his mouth, after seeing it, after experiencing mercy, was have mercy. That's two words. <laughs> the, the first three words he said was, remember me, Jesus. But what he was really saying was, have mercy on me. In order to experience mercy and to be merciful, you got to see that you can only truly experience mercy in the face of Jesus. Mm. And I love that the thief on the cross becomes a merciful person after experiencing the mercy of Jesus. Because yes. what does he say to his other buddy that's, that's dying on the other side of Jesus on a cross? He says, don't you see? This man has done nothing wrong. He defends Jesus. He comes to the aid of Jesus when nobody was coming to his aid. Nobody was on Jesus' side. Even the father had turned his face away from Jesus because the wrath of God on sin had been poured out to Jesus. The father in his righteousness and his justice and his holiness turned away. Well, I, I, I don't know any dad that would be able to do that. In his righteousness and his justice and his holiness, he had to. Don't you see that God cannot be good if he does not turn away from sin? That's why for the glory of God, Christ died on the cross. So you could be forgiven, God's righteousness could be justified, and sin could be dealt with. No one came to his aid. No one was at his side. No one was, was being a friend to Jesus, but this man was. Look at the mercy. He said, don't, don't you see? Leave him alone. Don't you see he hasn't done anything wrong? You become merciful once you experience mercy. Yes. So for the people in your life who are like, it's really hard for me to be merciful towards my parents. It's really hard for me to be merciful towards my ex. It's really hard for me to be merciful towards my boss or ex-boss or whoever the fill-in-the-blank person is for you. Mm -hmm. The only possible way, maybe you've been, I'll go as far as to say you've been abused in some way. How are you going to be able to forgive that person? How are you going to be able to have mercy towards that person? The only possible way is to remember who you are. You are a person that recognizes and realizes their need for God. You are a person who mourns over their own sin. Mm -hmm. You are a person who practices meekness, not trying to take things into your own hands. Mm -hmm. And because that is who you are, what you are constantly doing and what you are is a hungry person, hungry for what is good and right, hungry for what God wants you to do. And what that looks like in your everyday life doing is mercy. Mm -hmm. And you get the strength to be all that by looking at the life of Jesus. I mean, really looking at it. I mean, going throughout the day and saying, okay, Christ, I remember what you have done for me. Praying about it, chewing it as you're cleaning up, as you're riding your bike, as you're driving to work, 
thinking about the cross. I know it seems so simple when there's all these psychological influencers and saying, if you just, you know, drink cold water and lemon and then take ice baths. And then also, you know, if you turn off your phone at 4 PM in the afternoon, there's all these kind of like weird little hacks that people are trying to always get you to do on YouTube shorts and do this, do that, do this. And all they're trying to do is to change the brain chemistry chemistry so that they could be a merciful person. That's all they're trying to do. They're trying to find a way to be the person that Jesus claims that we need to be in order to be happy by not doing what Jesus has told us to do. That's what the world is trying to do. The only way is to look to him for strength. He's already given you his spirit, the same spirit that rose him from the grave. This is life-giving, life-resurrecting power inside of you and I that we often don't tap into mm-hmm. or that we often try to pair with other things. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some foods you don't need to pair with other things. There's some foods that are just fine by themselves. And when you bring other pairings with it, it messes it up. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that needs to be added to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. He is enough power in and of himself to give you the power to live like Jesus. But you have to humble yourself and look to Jesus. Yes. So my question is, how will you show mercy this week? Well, I echo everything you say, because that's like literally in everything I wrote down. It's like basically <laughs> what you said. that's a good said. thing, yeah. <laughs> which is great, which means that you're communicating this text so well. Thanks. And yeah, that's what I wrote down. Like you, you have to experience mercy to be merciful mm. and um, having a right view of self, like you were saying, mm-hmm. um, is how we can, the only way we can be merciful, because if we have a right view of self, then we realize how much in need we are of mercy. Right. right. We realize that, you know, arson, it, it like, you know, the playing field is even like we're just as dirty as the murderer. That's hard because murder is devastating and heartbreaking. But you know, we, some of our thoughts are murderous, you know? So having a right view of self and, um, you know, I just love how like in the forgiveness of Christ, like there is no condemnation, Mm. But I think it is important for us to remember where we came from. Mm-hmm. You know, like a lot of times we can hear as Christians, like, that's not who you are. Like, in absolutely, amen. Like, you are a new creation. You are brand new. So it's not who you are, but we can't forget what he saved us from. Yeah. Because if we forget, then we start becoming self-righteous. I think all yep. of us are guilty at some point in our walk or some days, you know, it could be a good week where yeah. we're relying on the Lord. And it could be a bad day where we're self-righteous and we think, oh, that Christian's doing this or that Christian's just like, yeah. I would never do that, you know, or what are they thinking? Like, we have to remember what he saved us from. And that's not, I think if we remember that, it's a joyful thing. It's not a shameful yeah. thing. Like, I can't believe I did that. Like, it's like a joyful thing. Like, wow, that is true love. Mm. And like that and love hurts like Mm -hmm. true love was what christ did on the cross for us Mm -hmm. even though we put him there our sin was offensive he died in our place that's like that is love 
And so, yeah, that's how I will show mercy is having a right view of myself and not allowing self-righteous thoughts Mm -hmm. to pervade and to make me think I'm okay. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and it's in small ways sometimes and it's in large ways Mm -hmm. sometimes. Um, But yeah, I, I also read in a commentary this week saying like, it's, not just merciful acts that we do. It's Mm. a merciful disposition that we have or merciful Mm. character. And that is only can only be possible through Christ, through spending time with him because he and the Holy spirit is what transforms us, not our works. And that's why I love like, we don't, we aren't merciful people. So God will show us mercy. And that does happen too, Mm -hmm. like once you're a Christian, but first you have to understand his mercy towards us. And so that's what will truly change us. I've never met a more merciful person (laughs) than you. You are the most merciful person I've ever met. It's very, very true. I see it every day, guys. We love you. Thank you for checking out this episode. We pray that you would be a merciful person, that you would be changed by this episode. Pray that you would share it with a friend, leave us a review, comment, whatever you want to do. And uh, if you want to support us, amenpodcast.com to keep these episodes ad-free, keep them reaching reaching out into the world and making disciples of the Lord. And with that said, we love you and we'll see you in the next one. Go out and be the church. Amen.